You're listening to Of Slights and Men, with Benji, who once made an interesting fact appear, but we've never seen it since. A Daily Magician Production Alright, let's talk about tennis. Sorry, my voice went really weird there for a minute. Let's talk about tennis, with a T. Um... And so my family are pretty avid tennis players, um, and we've been playing for a while. I used to take lessons when I was younger. I was, uh, I mean, I was pretty good for like a nine-year-old, um, or however however old I was at the time. I was I was decent, and so I still have a little bit of the muscle memory left. And uh, starting mid last year, me and my brothers would start going to the the local courts and just you know. Knocking a few games of tennis out, um, a few sets. And at first, because I had that muscle memory and I had that previous experience, I was winning most of them. And um, that felt kind of natural because I was the older brother. It's like, yeah, of course, you know, <laughs> that's the natural order is that, um, of course, I'm winning, you know, I'm, I'm the older brother. And then, lo and behold, uh, my youngest brother decides he wants to really take it seriously and he starts. Uh, training every day for hours, um, starts paying for actual lessons, and is just kind of studying it in all of his free time. And uh, before I know it, he's uh, he's pretty good. <laughs> and he's good enough that he's going to beat me every single time we play. And at first, that was kind of an off-putting experience, because it was like, well, oh dear, you know, um... I'm not the best, I'm not winning anymore, which it sounds arrogant to say that, but it, it felt like the natural way. It was like, oh, well, if I'm the older brother, I probably should be winning this kind of thing. And then you're getting showed up by your younger brother, just destroying you, <laughs> like absolutely smoking you every time you play. And at first I felt a little bit like kickback, kind of like frustration. I was like, no, come on, I don't want to be the the guy who loses all the matches. Um, but then as time went on, I started to realize that there was like, there was a real value in that because... You know, I was playing somebody, and I guess I am playing somebody who's better than me. And in the process of playing somebody who's better than me, it forces me to improve my game to a level I wouldn't have had to improve if I was just easily winning every single game. And so by, you know, associating myself with a player that's uh, a lot better than me, it actually improves my uh, standing as a player. And so... I know what you're thinking, you know, almost three minutes in, just been talking about tennis, did you did you tune into the wrong podcast? Um, but don't fear, there is a there is a twist in the tale. And that's this, um, I see a similar attitude among a lot of magicians in terms of, you know, people that are younger than them, fooling them, especially if they're, you know, they've been in magic for a while, a, few, a decade, you know, um, just as a hobby, and... They feel like because they've been in it for so long, they've been in the game for so long, they should never get fooled. Um, and so when, when these young people come along with all these kind of fancy finger-flicking moves and new kind of ideas, it feels a little bit um, like an insult to them. It's like, well, come on, like we spent decades like doing it the right way, doing it the hard way, <laughs> you know, going to these kind of niche conventions, hunting down books, piecing the piecing the puzzle together ourselves, whereas you're just getting it all served up for you. 
And so is it really fair that you're going to be fooling us? Like, we didn't have access to the kind of stuff you have access to. Um, which is true, because magic has gotten the, the barrier to entry in terms of learning the very best stuff. Um, or, you know, a lot of the best stuff is so much easier. Um, you know, it's literally Amazon and like one day of delivery away, as opposed to, you know, weeks hunting down somebody who told you, oh, that move is, um, yeah, I learned it from this guy. And that guy tells you, well, I saw it in this like lecture notes. And the guy who gave the lecture says, well, if you want the real source, it's in this, this Marlow book, you know, that kind of thing where it's like this constant uh, hunt that can take a long time, whereas now it's just so easy. Um, and so there's very little barrier to entry. And so people can access really good magic really easily. Um, and especially a lot of the advanced sleight of hand is, again, it's pretty easy to get access to a lot of that stuff. And so when you combine that with the fact that magic as, magic as a hobby is in itself low barrier to entry, I'm not talking about the difficulty, I'm talking about the actual, you know, anybody can drive to Walmart, buy a deck of cards and call himself a magician. Um, because all it takes is, you know, if you can hold cards and you get somebody to pick a card out of the deck and put it back, you, you can call yourself a magician. We can argue all day about if you deserve to be one, but that's the case, is that it's not hard to get started. Because um, it's such a physically non-demanding hobby, um, which some people might disagree with, because obviously you, you, it's hard, but it's not... There's a difference between... Sure, it's hard to do some of the moves, but in theory, you know, nearly anybody can do them. Whereas in rugby, you know, there are going to be certain like tactics and moves in rugby that are hard, but also there's only a very small segment of people that can do them. So if you put like a 70, I don't know, a stupid example, let's say there's a 78-year-old against some you know 28-year-old rugby player, there are certain things that the 28-year-old can do that 70-year-old is not going to be able to do just because of the physically demanding nature of the, of the sport. Whereas magic is so much of it intellectually based that some of the best guys are the oldest. Um, but likewise, it goes the other way as well. Like you wouldn't expect a uh, you know a fourteen year old to be outplaying the thirty year olds in rugby. But in magic, it's like well, you know, you know, if you have the cards and if you have the training, which as we've established is getting easier and easier to do, there's really no reason you can't get very good very young. And so, because we're seeing this kind of shift, um, no pun intended, we get this. Uh, slight kickback from people who said, well, I did it the hard way, and it, it doesn't seem fair that people can be fooling them now when they put in you know, so much work to get the same secrets that they don't even realize how lucky they are to be able to access them so easily. Which I think is a valid point, but it's almost, I don't know, it's still kind of missing the, the larger point, which is that it doesn't matter whether they're younger than you or they're older than you when they're fooling you. The only thing you should care about is, are they fooling you? Um, and I would argue that that's what you should care about because that's the most important thing. Um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying the most important thing is that you never get fooled. I'm, I'm actually saying the opposite. The important thing is to seek out people that fool you, whether they're older than you, younger than you, it doesn't matter. If they can fool you, you should you should seek those people out. And that's because, you know, every single time you get fooled, that's a reminder that you still have more to learn. And if you're in magic because you love magic and you love learning new magic, well, that's almost the most exciting thing you could ask for. And it's an attitude that I see shared by a lot of the best, like the very, very best magicians in the world have this in common in that they 
they love getting fooled, you know, because for them, they love magic so much, um, and they just love the the journey, the, the, I don't know, the mastery of new stuff, and improving their craft. Well, that airport was really violent. <laughs> the sound it just gave me to tell it, tell me it was dying. I don't know if that was picked up by the recording. I'm going to listen back because that was insane. Um, yeah, the very best guys in the world. They're the guys that really want to day in, day out, improve their craft. And the way they improve that craft is by expanding their sort of skill set and saying, well, let's try something new. Let's try Because if we're constantly staying with all the same stuff, we're not growing. And so a lot of the best, best guys, even though they're still focused on a core kind of set of routines their passion for magic comes from the fact that they love learning and they love improve, improving the craft and so every time they get fooled it's a sign that there's still more for them to learn there's still more skills out there to master um and for somebody who loves magic that's just about the best gift you could give them which is why i think it's so backward to to get all uh frustrated over being fooled and really it should be the opposite. You should be celebrating that. And um, that's why I've, I don't know, I kind of find it funny when we have these, uh, you know, these Instagram magicians where there's going to be a post and then in the comments you'll see, you'll see this like ridiculous um, kind of pattern of comments and where people are like, well, you know, yes, yes, uh, very good use of that uh, principle or, you know, I know what you did, but you still did it very well or... Um, Hi, you didn't fool me, but uh, good job anyway. You know, I don't know, that kind of thing. Those are bad examples. But it's this kind of passive-aggressive vibe of, like, you didn't fool me. And I'm wondering, like, what are you trying to communicate there? Are you trying to say that being fooled is a thing that we want to avoid? Like, is, is that a bad thing, being fooled? I really don't think so. I think it's the opposite. You should be, rather than um, rather than drawing attention to all the times you aren't fooled, it should be the opposite, and you should be focusing your attention all the times you are fooled, even within one routine, like, okay, whatever, he flashed a move there, but did you catch what he did over there? If not, great, because now you can work on that, and you can think, well, how, what was going on there? And so I think the best thing to do is seek out magicians and, and pages on Instagram, if that if you are on Instagram, that are going to be posting stuff that will be challenging you and fooling you, um, because the, the process of trying to work backwards from that and, and think to yourself, well, what, what do I think is going on here? in itself is a valuable, valuable thing. It doesn't matter if you get to the right conclusion. That creative process in itself is is really what it's about. Um, and so that's why I think you should focus less on Instagram about the guys that didn't fool you um, and rather focus on either the, the segments of the routine that did or just you know the, the magicians that consistently do fool you. Um, and I think... Uh, I put in my notes here that there's a link I want to share with you just because I had a feeling, as ever, I might, I might, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't be the best, I didn't, wouldn't do the best job of getting this across, and so I uh, defer to the superior knowledge um, and eloquence of uh, Jason Ladane. I hope that's how you pronounce it. I've never actually needed to say it out loud before. Jason, Jason Ladane, Jason Ladane. Um, anyway, his site, cardmagicbyjason.com, he has a blog post called New Nothing. I had to be careful how I said that because I always say nothing without the G and I can't help myself. So he has a blog post where it's uh, www.cardmagicbyjason.com slash new hyphen 
nothing, nothing, or whatever. Um, I'm British. And so if you go to that post and read it, it's basically what I'm trying to say here when I'm kind of stumbling my, my way through is that you should always try and seek out people that are better than you because that's what's going to improve you as a magician. And if you never do that, then you're never going to progress. And so he gives a, some good examples, good examples of that from Darwin Ortiz to Steve Forte and I don't know, maybe a couple of other guys, can't remember, off the top of my head. Um, those were the ones that stuck out. And so if you read it, you'll see what I mean in terms of every time he thought he knew what he was doing, along came this new mentor who really showed him what <laughs> what was actually the case. And each time that was a very valuable learning experience. So he puts that whole thing across very uh, very eloquently and uh, it does a good job of sort of summarizing what I'm trying to, trying to get across here, um, which is that you should always be surrounding yourself with magicians that are better than you and with magicians that are fooling you. Because, you know, if you don't, how are you going to, improve how are you going to level up you know <laughs> you if you're constantly surrounded by other magicians who don't fool you then it's uh you're never going to get better and uh, that just reminded me actually of um well another point I was going to make and I want to be sure I get this right and it's about magic clubs, actually, because there's a lot of cases where we have these magic clubs, whether it's you know online or offline. Um, and in these magic clubs, it's it's sort of designed to be this safe space where you know anybody can come, they can session, show new routines, and get feedback on it. Or what I find is really what actually happens is that somebody will come along and you know they're always going to get positive feedback just because nobody wants to offend anybody nobody wants to make anybody feel bad and so what happens is you just have this kind of perpetuating self-deception where nobody's really acknowledging the truth which is which is that some of this stuff is not amazing but not to say that in a harsh way it's more that's what a magic club should be. It's like, if if you guys aren't going to tell this person, oh, you need to work on this part of the routine, or, oh, I saw this move, can you maybe work on this? And Which, by the way, is very different from what I was talking about earlier when I was talking about Instagram, um, just so you don't get those too confused. But when you show it in a magic club, you are specifically, the idea is that you, you want that to be improved and uh, new ideas worked in from your fellow magicians. And so when you get these magic clubs where nobody wants to offend anybody, Nobody wants to hurt anybody else or make them feel bad, which is, I understand that, but in the long run, it's going to be far more damaging because if they then go out and think, well, you know, it fooled all of my magician friends, so it should work just fine for my audiences, um, they're going to be in for a bit of a shock when they find out that it really wasn't quite as fooling as everyone else sort of led them to believe. Um, and, you know, maybe they didn't say explicitly, you know, you fooled me really hard, but it's almost the same thing by the... Uh, sin of omission <laughs> rather than ad admission in terms of not saying that it didn't fool them is almost as bad as saying it did because the you have to speak up when, when somebody has this kind of thing and it will help them out in the long run if you just tell them you need to work on this or you need to change this that is going to be far more beneficial to them and that's that's going to make your magic club work the way it should rather than 
everyone sort of just being, you know, um, giving the same sort of feedback to everyone, which is where it's like, yeah, it's great. Do you want to see mine? Yeah, yours is great. Do you want to see mine? And nobody's really benefiting from that. Um, like, obviously, you if you're having fun and, like, hanging out with people, that's fine, you know. But don't fool yourself into thinking that, that it's, you're improving your magic by doing that because you're not going to be getting the the true feedback. And so you, I would say, uh, if you're listening to this and you're the kind of person you think, well, you know, I think some of my buddies at the club aren't really telling me the truth, just ask them, you know. Just say, look, guys, I, really, I genuinely need your feedback. And if there is something wrong, tell me because it will help me out. Um, you're doing me a favor. And if you're on the other side of the coin, make sure your friend knows you're not doing this because you're um, trying to be, uh, trying to show how like amazing, like earlier, you're not one of those people where you're just telling them this because you don't want to admit you're a fool. Make sure they know that it's coming from a space of, I want you to succeed and I want your act to be as good as it can. Therefore, it's my moral obligation to let you know what you need to work on. Um, and there's a big distinction between those two, I, I think. Um, and so that was the other important point that I wanted to cover and I think I'll close it out by just quickly mentioning the uh, experience I had that really hammered this lesson home because I myself definitely fell into this situation where you know I was working with uh, some fairly big name magicians and I thought I knew what I thought I knew magic, you know. I thought I knew like what was what, um, but really, I I didn't know that. I had no idea. Um, and thankfully, somebody pointed that out to me, and that was when I went and sessioned with uh, Aaron Fisher when I was over in the states for a bit. Um, and obviously, like I'd read some of his stuff, and I'd obviously I'd seen him lecture and do all this kind of stuff because I'd, you know, I'd worked with him. I I thought I knew this kind of thing, but let me tell you, it is such a vastly different thing when it's uh, you see it in person and it's it's almost uh, i don't know it's i don't even know how to describe it it's it's the opposite it's just so different so far removed from what you see when you see it online um or hear it in a, in a book it's just so it really teaches you what it means you know um to be a good magician when you see somebody doing this kind of thing in real life and that's what happened to me is that you know, all of this stuff i thought i knew but Somehow, every single thing that I saw was, like, fooling me. And it was fooling me bad, you know? And it just made me realize, like, oh, okay, right, reality check. <laughs> that's where that's where, I, that's where I am in my understanding of magic. I need to go back and reevaluate and sort of start from zero again, which I did. And I'm so thankful for that because uh, it, it led me to discovering many of the ideas and philosophies and attitudes and performing that I really wouldn't have got otherwise if I'd thought that I'd, I'd finished, you know, I'd finished my magic learning journey, um, which was definitely very, very wrong to even think that, even if it was subconscious. Um, because uh, I wasn't, um, and I'm still not, but at least now I know that. <laughs> and uh, um, I just got a notification, sorry, it came out really loud. I don't know if that will show up in the recording. Oh, I just did it again. Um, anyway. I think that's it. I think that's it for today. Uh, enough enough self-reflection. <laughs> Let's move on to... Uh, another topic, another day. I will be back and... 
I hope I uh, managed to actually finish what I was saying at the end there because that notification kind of like pulled me out of whatever deep uh, circle I was like going in. So I don't know, maybe that was a good thing. Let me know. Let me know what you think. Uh, I look forward to hearing from you. Um, as ever, check out thedailymagician.com for more of this kind of thing delivered daily to your inbox. And we've just passed the 20 minute mark. and I think that's the perfect place to close it out. So uh, I will see you soon.